Hello, everyone. My name is Deanne Jules, Deputy Director of the International Ethics Standard Boards for Accountants, IESA. And I'm here with Dr. Stavros Tomodaki, Chairman of the Board. We are joined by Ms. Lisbeth Postemans, Chair of the Alignment of the Part 4B to IASAE 3000 Revised Task Force, Mr. Richard Fleck, Chair of the Non-Assurance Services Task Force, Mr. Ian McPhee, Chair of the Fees Task Force, and Ms. Patricia Mulvaney, Chair of the Technology Working Group. We are here to share with you um, highlights from this week's IESPA's four-day meeting, which was held in New York City, September 16th through 19th, 2019, and also highlights from the IWSB IESPA joint plenary session, which was held yesterday, September 18th. Stavers, may I please ask that you share with our listeners um, some of your reflections from this week's meeting. Thank you, Diam. Yes, I'm very happy to share uh, insights from our meeting. This was our third quarter meeting, and uh, we had a number of projects on which to make progress, and one project which we were looking forward to completing, and we did complete. My colleagues will talk to you about that. The projects were the various ones that they will mention. I want to focus on two things. First of all, to say that on each of these projects, we have made tangible progress. And this is very important so that we can be able to keep our plan and our timing. And that, I believe, is a very positive uh, outcome. The second is that, as Diane mentioned, we had our third annual plenary joint meeting of the two standard setting boards, the IAASB and our board, ESBA, about coordination. And I must say that to the outside observer and certainly to ourselves, the impression from this meeting is that coordination is now progressing on several fronts and at several levels, <coughs> staff level, members of the board member uh, level, leadership level, and uh, in conjunction with several stakeholders, stakeholder level. So this is indeed a very positive development, especially taking into account that it's only two years that we've been uh, undertaking this. And I think all this progress entitles me to say that this is a big reform that's taking place compared to what we had before. I should say that uh, at this meeting, the item and the subjects of, of the, uh, the object, the topic of coordination started to evolve to the issues having to do with strategic focus for the two boards. So we're coordinating not only on ongoing subjects, but also on strategic prospect. And I thought that this was a good innovation. As a part of that meeting, finally, we received a presentation from Sagar Tiutia, who is the new co-chair of the Monterey. Sagar is the chief accountant of the United States Securities and Exchange Commission. We were very pleased that he addressed the two boards and we were very pleased uh, to hear that he 
was willing, along with the entire monitoring group, to engage us in conversation about uh, the process of reform. So with that note, I think I can conclude my remarks and turn it back to you, Diane. Thank you very much, Stavros. Uh, at this time, I'd like to ask Elizabeth, could you please share for our list listeners some key takeaways from the ISBIS session on alignment of Part 4B with the IWSB's ISA 3000 revised? Sure. Yeah. And so last March, the board issued its exposure draft of proposed revisions to Part 4B of the code to reflect terms and concepts used in the ISAE 3000 revised. The common period for the ED ended on the 26th of June this year, and 26 responses were received from a broad range of stakeholders. The board is grateful to all respondents for their carefully considered input to this project. So earlier this week, I presented to the board a summary of these responses. And there was general support from respondents for the clarifications in the ED, with a significant number commenting that the ED is clearer than the extend code. However, there were a few respondents with comments in a number of areas and in particular on the term assurance client. The board noted the general level of support for the term assurance clients, which provides a convenient basis of comparison with part 4A and is also easy to read in part 4B. So the board continues to believe that the use of the term assurance client is appropriate in part 4B. The board also continues to believe that the ED appropriately defined the parties from whom the professional accountant needs to be independent in an assurance engagement. However, the board recognized that in the case of an assurance engagement, the existence of additional parties other than the responsible party and the party taking responsibility for the subject matter information might make the process of determining how the code is to be applied more complicated than, for, uh, for example, in an audit. So in the case of these additional parties, the board has concluded that in the light of the responses received and the complexity of the matter, additional application material had to be included in part 4B to remind the PA of the need to apply the conceptual framework to additional parties. And the board agreed uh, to the proposed wording of that guidance. Some comments were also received requesting more guidance, which might, for example, take the form of a staff publication outside the code. And also here, the board supported the proposal to provide uh, more of such material on, uh, outside of the code. Then regarding the effective date of the final improved Part 4B standard, respondents in general concurred with the ED proposal that these changes should be effective for periods beginning on or after the 15th of June 2021. And then after making one small change to the provisions to reflect comments of board members, all members voted today in favor of adopting the revisions into a revised part 4B of the code. And once it has received the approval of the PIOB, the revised part 4B will become effective for periods beginning on or after the 15th of June, 2021. Thank you very much, Elizabeth, and congratulations on the approval of part 4B of the code. Um, at this stage, Richard, 
please share for our listeners key takeaways from the non-assurance services session. Thank you, Deanne. The non-assurances services project addresses the revision of section 600 of the code and the subsections to 600, 601 to 610, which deal with particular types of non-assurance service. The discussion of this project and the progress being made on it took up a very substantial part of the board's time this week. We, we began at the beginning of the week by discussing the key principles that underlie the project proposals, and that proved very beneficial as we then turned to consider the text of the draft on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. The board's input was uh, comprehensive and will undoubtedly help the task force to develop the proposal going forward. We did not ask the board to approve the project draft for exposure, but in the intervening weeks before our meeting in December, we hope to make sufficient progress so that it will be capable of being approved for exposure during the December meeting and therefore published shortly thereafter. Over to you, Diane. Thank you very much, Richard. And Ian, on a related note, can you share our listeners key takeaways from the IESBO session on fees? Thanks, Diane. The fees project progressed to a second read for this particular board meeting. Since the last update, the task force has strengthened the rationale for including the new fees requirements in, in the international independence standards. Uh, we've reduced the complexity of the earlier document and uh, made the changes more principles-based. And certainly the feedback from the board was generally supportive of the approach taken. Arising from this meeting, the task force will give more explicit reference to the conceptual framework in the way we are presenting the material. And the other thing that was interesting and, and involved some discussion was the broad acceptance that because fees are commonly negotiated with and paid by the audit client, uh, a self-interest threat uh, arises and creates a threat to independence that needs to be evaluated and addressed in accordance with the conceptual framework. So while there's some discussion about that and the board has still got a way to go, it was very helpful for the task force to get the benefit of the feedback. The other thing that we're doing is that um, uh, accepting that the evaluation of Many of the threats will often be at an acceptable level, but the application material will deal with exceptions where further work may be required. The other important thing I want to say, Diane, was we had the opportunity to discuss the proposals with the IAASB for a short period of time. And uh, as listeners may be aware, we are, have a joint working group with the IAASB to address areas of common interest in the fees area, and it's been a very productive and constructive liaison with the other board. Uh, and we've very much appreciated their perspectives. There's a range of matters we've agreed to work on as we progress this particular project with the plan of developing those ideas and bringing back in December a proposal to allow the consideration of an ED at the uh, at the December meeting. So we work pretty hard to see if we can deliver on that. Thanks, Diane. Thank you very much, Ian. I'm changing gears um, to 
Iasbo's technology initiative. Trish, um, could you share for Liz some of the key highlights from that discussion? Uh, yes, very happy to. Our update in included uh, taking the Iasbo board through the preliminary findings and recommendations of the technology working group's phase one effort. We took the board through kind of four areas of our findings, um, and they included the critical role of ethics and professional judgment, the complexities of the professional environment, our work in evaluating the suitability of the fundamental principles, and lastly, the competencies and skills that we believe, based on our work, are necessary for success in a digital age. Just a few quick remarks on, on each of those areas. With respect to the critical role of ethics and professional judgment, the board discussed whether there is a broader societal role for promoting the importance of ethics and the development and use of technology by PAs as well as confirmation of the importance and frankly the need for professional judgment that remains very important in an age of evolving technologies. We also discuss the various complexities and concurrent risks that present themselves in a technology-enabled environment and the pressure that that creates for compliance with the fundamental principles. We also took the board through what we believe was a very thorough and objective analysis of the fundamental principles in comparing them to some of the principles that are in various uh, AI and data evaluation and development frameworks. Um, and some of those principles are categorized as fairness and transparency, explainability, accountability, privacy and security. There was a good discussion, a constructive discussion around those principles as they lay into the fundamental principles in the code. And we discussed whether in particular there are opportunities for further consideration of the fundamental principle of confidentiality. Lastly, uh, companies and skills that are especially important in a digital age. We reviewed um, them and, and discussed how many of them there is relevant guidance in education standards and, and how we might include references or otherwise give credit to that. So overall, it was a great discussion, helped to inform the working group's um, path for the last two months of our phase one work. We expect to have some recommendations for IESPA to consider with respect to enhancements in the code. We also identified several opportunities for useful non-authoritative guidance um, and discussion starters. And so we will take them into our last phase of phase one. Um, we will report to the board in December with our specific findings and suggestions for how IESBA may uh, continue its technology initiative into phase two and beyond after the end of this calendar year. Thank you very much, Trish. Stavros, any closing remarks for our listeners? Thank you, Diana. I think our listeners have heard more specifically the progress we have made. As um, Lisbeth mentioned, we have indeed voted on completing a standard, which is a very tangible show of progress and for which we are pleased. And I only want to stress that this uh, technology initiative 
is a very broad and comprehensive one that may touch eventually on other parts of our uh, work and our program. And we're very conscious of that, and we will be as we go forward. Thank you, Savers, and thank you, Trish, Ian, Richard, Elizabeth. I'd like to turn over and um, remind our listeners that our um, meetings are all open to the public, and we encourage those interested to observe and register and observe our meetings. The next ISB meeting will be held in New York on December 3rd to 6th. It's a four-day meeting. To register as an observer, please visit our website at www.ethicsboard.org forward slash meetings. At the IESBA website, while you're there, you can find out more information about IESBA, IESBA's current projects and initiatives, as well as general information about the IESBA's current revisory structure code, which is already in effect. And if you also want to go to the IESBA's website to try out the, the new and exciting tool that you can use to access our code is the IESBA's eCode. You can get it directly at www.iesbaecode.org. The IESBA records a podcast summary following each of its meetings. You can subscribe to our podcast channel in iTunes by searching IFAC, I-F-A-C, Accountancy Podcast, in the Apple iTunes Store. You can also follow us on Twitter at ethics underscore board. And many of our board members have been posting um, to LinkedIn. So feel free to um, access those various social media channels to get information about the board's initiatives. Thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful day. Mm -hmm.